Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Bear Den, part of the 1012 Podcast Network and partners with the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Matt Workman, and as always, I'm joined by Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing this late evening? It's late. This is this is my second podcast of the day. Yeah. Or of the night. It's late because of Peter. <laughs> I blame Peter for this. I felt I did feel guilty when you sent me your tweet tonight. Oh yeah, that's the best one I could come up with uh, from the Narcos. So. No, I legitimately was texting you more than I was like being like, "Hey, here's updates." But and it wasn't until like we were almost done that I looked down and I realized like three of them had not sent, and I was like, "Oh, cool, I'm just an ass." So, right. apologies yeah. for that, but we're here we're now, here. Matt. We're, here, we're now. here now. We're here now. Um, so Baylor played a game, sort of, yeah, scrimmage. I maybe mean, you, you were, I don't know what your, miles away. what your viewing uh situation was. Like, I was like, at a sports a, bar watching it, or are you like, yeah, we went to a big old sports bar in Atlanta. Um, I was there with our buddy Jack Ryan, OFC Dibble on Twitter. What's up, Jack? What's um, up, Jack? Uh, met up with him. And we chilled out. And my buddy Twitterless Dave that I've referred to before, um, that they both live out in Atlanta. So we uh, we posted up, had a couple of beers, and we watched most of the game. But the problem was there was a two-hour lightning delay. So yeah. like a, a portion of the second half was definitely watched by me on the way home. So I was there. And then they went to half, and they said lightning delay. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to leave. <laughs> and so I watched the second half uh, from my laptop on on my bed. So, <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, it was an interesting game. Uh, shouts to Dawson Pendergrass for looking, yeah. you know big and beefy and Peyton Hillis and his amazing year like um but for real like I I was impressed Dawson Price was one of the dudes on the field that looked like he actually wanted to be there playing that game um we we talked about it on, on the our daily podcast earlier but the funniest part was probably LIU's quarterback looking like Uncle Rico with his like throwing motion the whole time yeah he throws it from like his knees <laughs> I don't know how he throws it because it's amazing to watch and I didn't notice it watching the game until I saw, like, national people saying, like, look at this. My, you know, kind of being like, I love his throwing motion because it's, like, yeah. just a wild throwing motion. Yeah, like, there's he a reason completely he drops his arm and, like, sleep, like, catapults it down the field. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. But it, and so, yeah, it was, didn't look great. Um, It's probably the the worst I felt after like a twenty three point win because you know like we should have been more. They should have been like forty five to seven at least, right? 
And I don't know how much of that is, you know, you have a back quarterback. He's only started – this is, what, first game to start, second game to start, I guess. Um, and he's the raw. He's still – just is yeah, missing missing guys. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't look good. He doesn't now, look good right now. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how how much of it might be his ankle. Like he's just you know maybe maybe still a little bit injured, which hinders his like ability to step into the throw or something. I don't know, man. But not a whole lot of faith right now for me. Yeah, and I, I was talking to our friend Scott this week, and I was like, you one could make the argument. That if Blake Shapen, the way he was playing in game one, had not gotten injured, you could say, like, he probably could have brought Baylor back to win Texas State. We probably would have beat Utah. And this game is probably like 50 to 7. I think I was thinking about this earlier is two things for me. Like, I think this team could be 3 and 0 with the same schedule if two things happen. Shapen doesn't get hurt and you flip the Texas State and LAU games. Yeah, if you start off with like LIU. if you played LIU first, yeah. and and like I and then and Shapen stays healthy. I think if Shapen's healthy, you can beat Utah. If you played LIU first, you even if you like had your first game of the year, just like laid an egg, weren't prepared for it, were focused more on Utah. Probably that's the problem with I think Texas State is it seems like they were really focused on Utah and game planning for Utah that they just didn't really pay attention to Texas State or prepare as much at least that. Because from week one to week two, like that's a different team across the board. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. Those two things happened. You probably are three and zero going into this game, and it's a it, even though it's a big game, it's a way bigger matchup than a one and two Baylor squad versus the number three team in the nation. Yep. But we still know Blake Shapen. He's gonna he's gonna be out. Uh, no, Dominic so, Richardson. Unless they're gonna completely change the offense. We'll talk about that game. I'll I'll save that. But uh, what else happened in the Big Twelve? It was another just awesome week for the Big Twelve conference. (laughs) We are just a bad conference. Well, I think the teams we thought were bad going into the season uh, uh, definitely are. I mean, that's for sure. Man, I was wrong. I thought some teams were going to be half decent. Uh, well, I mean, I, there was some variables that added into some of those, but like, yeah, some of the teams that we thought were going to be bad are are bad. Um, yeah. But hey, you know what? I will. St- you know, I'll start off. What happened in the Big Twelve? Props to West Virginia. Yeah, for sure. They went out there and they won the backyard brawl. And we both picked they that played, game wrong. We both they played really good. Played really good defense. I mean, they only scored seventeen points, so. Right. I mean, that's a little now, bit, but you only gave up six. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, now, since he beat Pitt as well, um, and they got, since he got, since he got, got beat, beat by Miami of Ohio. So maybe Pitt's just really bad. Yeah. I mean, I think our miscalculation was thinking Pitt was good. Yeah. Or no, no, or I better. Didn't it was good. Was that better Pitt than Western? Yeah. Pitt, Pitt wasn't just like dog crap. Yeah. But, for sure. The the overall rundown, Matt, we, we got Kansas, so Missouri, Kansas State, 61-yard field goal to lose. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think this is probably the case. The first time a team has lost on a 60-plus-yard field goal since a couple of years ago when Texas Tech beat Iowa State with one. Um, I think that was a 63-yarder that year. So Kansas State goes on the road. They, they should have won that game. They had every opportunity to win that game. No, no business losing that game, but they did. So we both got that one wrong. Iowa State mm. went into Athens and lost. Now, most of the time, that sounds right because Athens is the home of the University of Georgia. Unfortunately, no. this is Athens, Ohio. And they lost to the University hey. of Ohio, Matt. Hey, Every, you can you never know what's going to happen when you have a Bobcat coming in. I mean, those Ohio they're, Bobcats. They're tricky. First time that Iowa State's lost to a Mac school since uh, Matt Campbell beat them. Um, did and you then, see the, the the clip that went viral? After I was about to say, and then Matt Campbell tried to fight a fan for talking shit. So, yeah, he got, and he he was got very, very lame. angry it's when very, a fan yelled at him about being on the hot seat. And that is very mild, like heck. I would say just by saying you're on the hot seat, Campbell. I mean, the fan wasn't wrong. 
I mean, he's probably no, not the on the fan's seat. not wrong, but also like mm, probably not the best time. Yeah, and like don't the go to game? somebody's job and yell at them like that. I don't know. I have I have problems with Matt Campbell, the way he acts on the sideline, and he kind of brings that upon himself. Like he yells at refs at their job all the time. Horrible things. I've read his lips. So, I mean, it's kind of part of the – goes of the territory. Don't lose to uh, Ohio. Yeah, you can't lose to Ohio. Come on, Iowa State. It's not. It's like losing to Texas State. Who could do that? Um. Anyway, uh, moving on. Oklahoma took care of business on the road against Tulsa. Nobody was worried about that. UCF took care of business against Villanova. The big game, though um, – you know that I think besides like BYU went on going went on the road and beat Arkansas. I'll mention that one. TCU throttled Houston. Um, but the one game that we disagreed on last week, Matt, you got right. You're shot in the dark. You're crazy pick. You picked South Alabama to win on the road at Oklahoma State, and it wasn't even a contest. Yeah, that was a shot in the dark. I know. I, I believe that South Alabama was a good football team. And I, I still didn't buy, based on what I've seen from Oklahoma State so far this year, that they could – now, I wasn't expecting them not to score. I figured they would just get outscored because their offense is better. Uh, I didn't expect the South Alabama defense to just completely shut down Oklahoma State. However, also didn't know that Gundy was going to mess around with quarterbacks like he did. So. Yeah, there's Gundy's like – not. There's rumors beyond – so, like, I saw this on message board geniuses, so, like, take it with a grain of salt, too. But, like, you know um, – Oh, it's, the team quitting or something like that? Yeah, so like, of course – so, like, on message board geniuses, the guy was talking about how, like, the entire team was going to quit and they aren't going to be able to field 22 players. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But I have seen other Oklahoma State fans, like, talk about, you know th- – we might see some transfers coming soon. Like well, it, it goes back to the last offseason whenever like their best players all left the program. Right. But we're talking about like guys similar to what we had in what was it? 2020? 2020. When like we Justin had Ebner. some guys that just announced kind of mid season that they were done and they were gonna they were gonna transfer out and they kind of left the team. So apparently there is there yeah. are rumors. It's not going to be such an exodus that they won't be able to field a team like the guy on Message Board Geniuses was saying. But um, I have seen it from multiple places around, like the OSU fandom, basically saying like we wouldn't be surprised if we see a situation where some guys are leaving. And so it's it's bad over the, there in Stillwater. Only Gundy has a problem with he he probably doesn't like the oh did you see his quote where culture was heading? What about the the Saban quote? No, the South oh. Alabama quote. No, no, no. Oh, hold on. Let me find it. Uh, So basically, he does a Monday radio show, right? And he was on talking about... Here we go. So this was on his radio show Monday night. Mike Gundy was talking about how South Alabama has become like Troy with a renovated football facility and how the Jaguars are a team coaches won't want to schedule. But this part stood out in relation to NIL. Quote, they don't deal with NIL and stuff. The guys that go there, go there to play football. They're not going to have those capabilities. It's a little different there. You go there, you go there to play football. And when you watch them, that's the way they play. Like he is um, very much uh, calling out basically his own players. Like it sounds like he's attacking his own team that they care about the wrong things that they're not. They're not at Oklahoma State to play football. It just it's not not a good look, and I mean, this is what college football is right now. So you either change with the like times, or you're gonna. That's get, what blows me away is all these guys that are change. fighting it. It's like, like Dabo Sweeney has the same problem. You're not putting the cork back in this bottle, man. I know. So it's like, you know, Gene you, Smith talked about today. Uh, I think it was it was either today or yesterday, because in, in the in the conversations around whether or not there should be federal regulation around 
NIL money in college football. So whether or not the U.S. government should be involved. And Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, was talking about how um, it's it's out of hand now because there are players that are demanding $5,000 just to make an official visit. And it's like, guys, you're... <laughs> You're not putting the cork back in the bottle. Like, yeah, that's probably going to happen. You can say no. Like, you don't have to say yes, you know, or you can pay the kid. You know, it's like over time, there's going to be kind of established things that come along with this. And but right now, you're just going to have to learn, like, you can't fight it. You really, really can't fight it. If you do, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. But overall, Matt. Last week, the most important part, you won officially. You went eight and five last week with your picks. I only went seven and six. Not a good week for me last week. Um, a little bit too high on the Big 12, I think. Thou, though, you only beat me by one, so I'm still in the lead on the season. That puts us now, you are 31 and 17 on your picks on the year, and I am 35 and 13. So I'm four games ahead of you. You have made up some ground uh, from when I went undefeated in week zero. So damn league zero. I am, I am, I am trending downward. You're trending upward. We're going to have, and now we're getting into like conference season. So it's going to be less games. Yes. I mean, this is the last week we have more than seven, I think. So, and then we'll get into like bye week. So it'll, you know, be less than that. So, right. We're getting into Big 12 play, which is like a big, nice, comfortable hoodie that you can rely on. Where everyone's bad, so it's a little easier to make picks. Yeah. They keep you warm, keep you nice, nice, soft. Maybe like a Baylor monogrammed hoodie. It's funny you mention that, Joe, because as always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel and show off your school spirit all season long. So you mentioned the the hoodies. I really like – I'm still I'm, – I'm, I'm beating the drum for that gold Sikkim front profile sailor the, bear the t-shirt. Front, the front profile sailor? It says Sikkim Bears. But if you're listening to this podcast – the, the, the football helmet tee really growing on me too. Yeah, and if you're classic, listening to this podcast, classic clean look. If you're like not a Baylor, let's say you're a Texas fan, you're just checking out what we have to say. They have a great like burnt orange, hook'em horns, white helmet tee, like a 2D helmet on the front. That's a really, uh, if you're a Texas fan, that'd be a nice shirt to have. Yeah, the the Longhorns helmet tee is is great. Like they've got like the old school helmet and the modern helmet. Um. Uh, the tech they do have some really like the 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 angry bull like there's some good texas stuff on there there's some there's some solid texas stuff on there i can't lie iowa state like they've got they've got a varsity jacket for iowa state that is elite it's got walking sigh and then they've got a a a white varsity jacket just says aims across the front it's really really cool yeah, Charlie Hustle has over 30 schools to choose from. They've got you covered for all your collegiate apparel. Um, so just go to charliehustle.com and shop Charlie Hustle, vintage and made fresh. But if you do, make sure you use promo code 101215. That'll get you 15% off non-sale items. So it's T-E-N-1215 for that 15% off. All right, Joe. Do you want to make picks or? Yeah, you know what? Why not? Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit of. Want to uh, talk a little uh, football? Yeah, let's talk a little bit of football, shall we? All right. So, uh, why don't you kick it off? All right, I'll start us off. Game one. We're gonna start early, 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 early. Eleven a.m. on Fox. It is their first Big Twelve game. Matthew, the Cincinnati Bearcats welcome in. The Oklahoma Sooners, the number 16 ranked Oklahoma Sooners to Cincinnati, Ohio at Nippert Stadium. Oklahoma, a 14 and a half point favorite on the road in this one after Cincinnati dropped a 
<laughs> dropped a, you know, like just laid an egg against Ohio State. Um, like I said, this is 11 a.m. on Big Boy Fox, a nationally televised game. Cincinnati starts their Big 12 uh, career, essentially, against a team that will be heading to the SEC next year. Matt, does does OU cover? Does Cincinnati cover? Do you think Cincinnati is shot at winning? What's Cincinnati do here in their first Big 12 game? The thing about this is I don't know how good Oklahoma is because of the competition they play. Now, Cincinnati has, like we said, we've they've beaten Pitt, but they lost to Miami of Ohio. Um. But I, I think I know what way you're going. So I'm going to have to go. I got to make up ground. So I think in a shocker, Cincinnati upsets Oklahoma. Whoa. All right. So you thought you knew which way I was going to go, and you picked that so that you wouldn't pick the same thing as me, huh? Yeah. What if I told you um, that actually what I was going to pick is Oklahoma? Yes, I'm taking Oklahoma to win this game. Yeah, we don't care about the points in this one. It's just about who wins, and I, I yeah, yeah, I think Oklahoma will win. Yeah, for sure. But hey, I appreciate this. We're not we're not just copying each other the whole way down. So no. there we go. No. We, we got a disagreement on game one, um, and I, it would be huge. I think it'd be hilarious if if Cincinnati lost to Miami and then turned around and beat Oklahoma. Yeah, it would be hilarious, and that's what I'm rooting for. Hilarity. All right, next up. Another 11 a.m. game. Um, I think it's it's only the two that we have. Yeah. So, SMU travels to TCU. Not very far, but they travel to TCU, take on the Horned Frogs. Um, This is the last time this will be played, presumably for a little bit. Like, they'd already, like, kind of, TCU at least, had already said that they, this is going to be, like, the yeah, they weren't going to schedule it anymore. They were going to schedule it more. And this and is the battle for the Iron Skillet. Battle for Iron Skillet. It's a great – I hate that they're not going to play this game just because that's – it is one of the best, like, rivalry trophies that you could have. And now that SMU going into the ACC, they're going to be a Power 5 team as of next year. It'd be good to have this cross-town, cross-conference rivalry, but alas, they're not going to schedule each other, at least for the time being. And I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go with SMU. I think SMU is gonna beat them for to send them out with an L. SMU is what you're taking. So TCU is a six and a half point home favorite. Um, they just throttled Houston, as I said. SMU played Oklahoma pretty decently close. Um, pretty decent, yeah, pretty close. But uh, I said this on our daily podcast earlier. Um, I have built up some TCU karma that I have to get rid of. So I'm taking SMU straight up to win this. Oh, okay. So we agree with each other. We're both taking SMU in this one. All right. I know you thought you were zigging, but I I zigged right with you. Yeah, I know. All right. Next up, we move into our afternoon games. This one will be 2.30 p.m. on Big Boy ESPN, another nationally televised game with the home team. Who'd have thought we'd be saying that a couple of years ago? This at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas. The BYU Cougars head down to the prairie to face off against the home Kansas Jayhawks, the 3-0 Kansas Jayhawks against the 3-0 BYU Cougars. BYU just knocked off Arkansas on the road last week. So back-to-back road games. This is the first official Big 12 game for BYU. Of course, they played Baylor in back-to-back years before they joined. Kansas, though, at home, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Matt, who's winning this game? So, like you said, we both picked Arkansas last week, and BYU came up victorious. Kansas, we picked a win big over... Nevada, Nevada, everyone say it. And they won. I don't know if I would consider it a big win over a bad team. So I think I'm I'm feeling the uh the Cougars here. You're taking BYU. All right. Yeah. I am gonna veer away from you here. I'm taking Kansas to win, but I think it's a close game. All right. 
Also at 2.30, Texas Tech versus or at West Virginia. Um, this is on ESPN+. Plus. They are a six-point road favorite. Tech is. Tech is, yeah. Um, I don't – this one's intriguing to me. Because like you said, we talked about last week's game versus Pitt. West Virginia looked, you know, a lot better than I thought they would. We both picked them to lose that game. and they Throw great. the records out. Yes. Rivalry game. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you tell me what you think about this game. Uh, I'm taking uh, – so Tech is a six-point favorite on the road. I'm 100% taking them. They're one and two. West Virginia is two and one. One of those two wins is to Duquesne, though. Yeah. And while they did look very good against Pitt, as we mentioned earlier, Cincinnati beat Pitt and then just turned around and lost to Miami of Ohio. So maybe Pitt's the one that's really, really bad here. Yeah. Texas Tech is better than their one and two record. Um, I don't know how much better, but they are. They're be- they're a better team than Wyoming. Um, so I sure. I'm, I'm taking I'm going to take Tech to win on the road. Uh, I'm I'm there too. That's I'm taking Tech to win. I think. I think they just – I mean, Texas Tech's offense is leaps and bounds better than Pitt's offense. I mean, it's – you're not going to hold them to six points. Right. And so if you only can score 17 or somewhere around that number, Tech's going to beat you. All so, right, Matt. Yeah. Let's move on to the game. So I wrote down my winners before we recorded on every game except for this next one that I'll talk about because um, I just – I have no idea. This is the – this is the Sicko's game of the week in my mind. Um, three o'clock on FS1 in Ames, Iowa at Jack Trice Stadium. The Iowa State Cyclones at one and two, fresh off of a loss against Ohio University, as we mentioned earlier. Welcome in the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who are sitting at two and one after just losing to South Alabama. So both of these teams just coming off of terrible losses. Um, Iowa State, a three and a half point favorite, Matt, in this game at home. We have no idea what's going on with the roster at Oklahoma State. Gundy's rotating three quarterbacks in there right now. It's yeah, there's no rhythm in that program whatsoever. I don't. I have no idea what's going on there in Stillwater. And this is on the road. I, you know, Iowa State coming off of a nasty loss like that to Ohio. If you ask me out of the two teams, which one I thought had the bigger chance of like bouncing back, feeling embarrassed, and then like taking pride in what they're doing to win their next game out of these two, I think it's the team coached by Matt Campbell. I think he's much more apt to get his team fired up. There's question marks, like as we mentioned, around how bought in Oklahoma State's team is. So I'm going to take, I think, Iowa State to win this one. Yeah, the funniest thing I saw this week was, we know how we endearingly say Iowa State, Iowa's El Asico, um, a play on El Clasico in, I, I, I don't want to call it soccer, but I don't have another word to say. Um, another form of football. So I saw someone refer to this game as El Trashico because of the two teams that are involved. And that's excellent. Excellent. So I'm I'm so torn on this game because you make valid points. And I can see at home having being a little bit more having better leadership, I think definitely at the top of the program is is Iowa State. I even though the what they're going through culturally, I think maybe an issue. Um, it's still better than what Oklahoma, had, Oklahoma State has going on right now. So I think I'm going to agree with you, and I think I'm going to take the home team in, in this instance, Iowa State. I just want to point out I picked Iowa State to finish 13th in the Big 12 this year, and uh, I think I think well, the I mean, bottom the bottom may be falling out. Yeah, and I think we both picked Oklahoma State to like pretty low to like fourteen or something like that. Yeah. So, and uh, those are looking like pretty good predictions right about now. Yeah. So yeah, this isn't going to be a good game. 
Just no, I want to warn game. everyone. This is not going to be a terrible game. game. Good game. Good, not at all. This game might be three to two. Oh, gosh. All right. Next up. Let me see. I'm going. Make sure I'm going in order. Okay. Yeah. So, Sam Houston, newly FBS, travels to the University of Houston. Take on the Cougs, who are a 12 point favorite. This game is on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. Um, I think, I mean, I think, I don't think Houston's good either. I mean, these last two games are just filled with like, but I think Sam Houston State's still trying to find their like FBS legs from moving up from FCS. And I think Houston's just good enough to to beat them. So I'm going to take Houston. Yeah, uh, Sam is an interesting team. This is a fun matchup too, naming wise. I mean, it's it's a university named after a guy facing off against a university named after a city named after the guy. Um, but Sam Houston, they've played two FBS schools so far this year. They're 0-2 on the season. They've played one Power 5 team. They played BYU on the road. They got shut out, but they only gave up 14 points. They lost 14 to nothing. Then they played Air Force at home, and they lost 13 to 3. So they held Air Force to 13 points, but they only scored three. So in two games this year, they've scored three total points, Matt. But they're defense- only given up. 26. Only giving up twenty seven points. Twenty seven. So, yeah. So they're averaging their defense average is only giving up thirteen and a half points a game. Now, Dana Holgerson runs a different offense that you're going to see than you're going to see at BYU or Air Force. So they're more prone to scoring. But I think this will probably fit nicely into what Houston does well compared to what Houston doesn't do well. Houston should be able to overcome their defense, and the Sam Houston offense shouldn't really challenge Houston's defense very much. So I'm going to agree with you and take Houston in this one. All right. All right. I will take the second to last game, which means you get the game of the week this week. Congratulations, Matt. Um, The final game before we get to the game of the week, and this is actually the latest game for the big 12 this week. It's a seven o'clock kickoff on FS one. 3-0 and Central Florida in their first ever Power 5 game, their first game in the Big 12. Lots of firsts like that this week. UCF heads to Manhattan, Kansas at Bill Snyder Memorial Stadium, or Family Stadium, he's not dead yet, uh, <laughs> to face off against the Kansas State Wildcats, who we mentioned earlier, coming off a heartbreaking loss where they lost on a 61-yard field goal on the road to Mizzou. So they come back home looking for vengeance. Kansas State only a four-point home favorite in this one, Matt, which means Vegas kind of sees this as a push. What are you thinking? Um, ooh, this is tough. So do we have word on quarterback at UCF? Is Plumley still? I believe Plumley is not playing. Okay. I am going to go with Kansas State. I think they bounced back from a tough loss last week to the rival Missouri um, on, like you talked about earlier, a super long field goal. <laughs> so I think they're going to bounce back. I believe in climbing to put it, put it back together at home and get a, get a victory over UCF. Yep. I agree with you. I think, especially if John Rice Plumley does not play, um, I think Kansas state wins this one handily. All right. So that takes us to the game of the week. 6.30 p.m. on ABC. The University of Texas Longhorns travel just just up I-35 to Waco to take on your Baylor Bears. Texas is a 15-point favorite, road favorite. Game is sold out. The athletic department announced that today. I don't know what the portions of those ticket sales are, but it the is the focus be a you need to have on the tickets for this game is that it is uh they have announced that it is the record it will be the record game for tickets that were handed out to students. Yeah, I've so heard that there the tickets... been, there's never been this many students pull tickets to a game before. So we're talking like I think the most I think I've seen like it's been like nine thousand before. So the the previous record I was reading on Reddit was eleven thousand five hundred, okay. I believe. Okay. So it's more so, than that. 
So that's so we're we're talking roughly twelve thousand students have gotten tickets to this game. So that's that's nearly like all of the undergraduates. <laughs> Just no, about. we're at twenty k now. I think okay. Well, we're if we say like twelve k, I mean that's yeah. the big majority of the undergrad population. Um, this is a so big game, Matt. It is a huge game. It's the last game, presumably for a, a, a little bit. Um, Texas is the number three team in the nation. They didn't look particularly well against Wyoming, Wyoming. at home. I mean, they Texas at home. It was what tied at half at ten. And then they got like a pick six and then like a big play kind of opened it up. Um, now, Texas is another one that's hard to figure out. So like on paper, they look like they're just this dominant team. Um, however, I don't really know how good Alabama is after their game last week where they just, you know, they beat USF, but it was like 17 to six, I believe. So... They have their own issues over there at Tuscaloosa. Baylor has had their problems as well. You know, we, we talked about it. They lost the first two games. Played Utah. Re- should have won that game, but played them really close. A, a good team. Lost to a team they should have beaten the first week. And then, you know, kind of we talked about what happened last week with LIU. They're still going to be without Blake Shapen for another, at least another week, I think. Um, but this strikes me as the kind of game where Baylor play. I know the money's probably all going all on Texas to just blow out Baylor because Baylor hasn't looked good. These are the type of games I think that this team under Dave Aranda has gotten up for in the past, especially early on. So. Screw it. Baylor wins. Baylor wins is Matt's pick. Okay. Matt, this is the 113th time these two schools will have played. It is the 46th most played matchup in college football history. Only 45 games have been played more than this one. Um, And there are 300 and something Division I teams. Um, and that's all of college football that record. So that's division one, division two, division everything. So it's a it's an important game. It is the third longest played game between two teams in the state of Texas. Both those stats come from Cody Orr, by the way. Check out his article, 113 years of Baylor versus Texas on our Daily Bears. It's up right now. It's an amazing article. Runs through some of the best moments in the history of of this matchup. But we've been playing for a long time. Um, we started playing them in 1901. And there have been very few years between 1901 and 2023 when we haven't played each other. And we're not going to play them probably ever again, unless it's a, a bowl game or you know a playoff situation or something down the road. It's going to be a long time before we ever play them again if we do. And I would be surprised if we ever see them in Waco again, um, at least in in the future that I can envision. Um, so this is a big deal. This is a big game. Uh, let's let's not let's not mince words about this. Like this is the big brother. This is the big brother in the state of Texas. It always has been. It always will be. Whether or not they have earned that right whether or not the hype that is around that program is warranted. Um, that's a that's an entirely dis- different discussion. Perception is reality. And they're, they're the big dog in the state of Texas. And I want to win this game so damn bad, Matt. You know, I, I, it's, it's a rivalry game. I don't care what Texas fans say it is. They want to beat us. They do. And this is a throw the record books kind of game for me. Texas is a better football team than Baylor is this year. Texas, I think, might even be better coached than Baylor is this year. Texas has better athletes than Baylor does this year. Texas is a better quarterback than we do this year. They have a much better defense than we do this year. 
and especially coming into this game with the tools that are available to us, all of that stuff, it leans towards Texas. You look at the metrics, ESPN analytics says that Texas has got about a 91% chance to win this game. You go uh, stats of war in, in college football graphs. You look at his, his advanced analytics. It's about 85 to 15, 85% chance for Texas to win 15% chance for tech uh, for Baylor. There, there is no metric that exists in college football right now that says a one in two Baylor team that lost to Texas state and was only up by nine points at halftime to Long Island University. And in, and then only, and even then, uh, only beat them 30 to seven. And in reality, shouldn't have been up nine points at halftime because they didn't earn that. It was a punt. It was a long, it was a snap that was snapped over the punter's head for a safety. It should have been 14 to seven going into the half. So there's, there's no metric out there that you can see that says, Baylor should even be able to hang with Texas this year. There's just not. All that said, you throw that you throw that out. If if Dave Aranda does this thing right in this locker room, these players go out there and they don't care what the score says. They don't care how much time is left on the clock. They're just going out there and every single play, every single thing that they do, they're just firing on all cylinders and they're just trying to hit Texas in the mouth. And they're hoping that when the referees finally blow that last whistle and tell them, hey, by the way, the game's over, you can't play anymore that they just happen to have more points. And for that to happen, I think a lot of things have to go Baylor's way. I think we're going to have to get some friendly officiating. I think you're going to see you're going to have to see Soria Robertson play a game like he's never played before. I think the defense is going to have to get multiple turnovers and I would kind of say that you're going to have to expect the defense or special teams to at least score once for you to add on to the scoreboard. Um and even then it's going to be tight. But after all the infighting and the complaints, probably rightfully so from our fan base around engagement, around play calling, around uniforms, around music, around personalities within the coaching staff, all the things that we have talked about and lamented over the last few weeks, a lot of that stuff still needs to be fixed. Winning doesn't heal all wounds. It truly doesn't. If you've got some foundational issues, then you should probably focus on fixing them. But Winning goes a long way to allowing people to feel better about things. And you need to win this game to get everybody to feel better. That's my big long rant. And when all is said and done, and when the dust piles up, there's absolutely zero way that I could do anything but put out in the universe that Baylor is going to win this football game. So I am taking Baylor. I think it is it's a special moment, a special weekend and a special game. And if this team understands what this game means to Baylor through 113 years of history in this matchup to the fans that have been going to these games for decades from people like us that are a little bit younger and maybe more recent to the folks that lived through the 90s, to the folks that were there during the Grant Taff era of the 70s and 80s, and even the people that are coming to games that were there before that. This was a game that all of us circled on the schedule. I remember the first time going to the bookstore on 5th Street, Matt, um, or sorry, on 8th Street, and uh, there's just like a, a, you know, a cement square that's right out there, and it just says Beat Texas on it, you know, on the street. And it, it means too much. So... Go out there, take care of business, and we talked about this on our daily podcast earlier. If we win this game, when we win this game, rush the damn field. Flood that place with your green and gold or black or whatever it is that you decide to wear this game. Rush the field, make the memory, take your pictures, and tear the damn goalpost down like we did in 97 and throw the damn thing in the Brazos. That's what I say. Bared in endorsed, tear down the goalposts. Let's go. That's what I want to hear, Joe. Baylor wins, baby. Baylor wins. That's what I'm talking about. So if someone out there listening heard our picks and said, you know what? Joe inspired me. I want to go make some picks of my own. I want to put my name out there. Maybe put a little money on the line. How could they do something like that, Joe? Well, Matt, now that we've done our picks, let's talk Again, about our friends over at Prize Picks, one of our awesome 1012 sponsors for this season. Prize Picks is the best legal way for you to play daily fantasy on 
player props in states like California, Florida, Georgia, and of course, Texas, where we're talking to you from right now and where we, we will be for the game against the University of Texas in Waco on this Saturday. Um, and many more states across the country. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is select two to five players and an over under on a projected stat line, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's fast. It's easy with entries that can be made in 60 seconds or less. And they offer tons of sports like the NFL, college football and basketball, the NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, EPL, other soccer leagues, MMA, and many, many more. Use promo code BEAR12, that's B-E-A-R-1-2, to get an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100. That's right, promo code BEAR12, and you can instantly get a full $100 match on your first deposit. Price Picks is available online and in the App Store or on Google Play. Go check them out. Download Price Picks. Use code BEAR12. Get that, uh, get that full deposit match the first time you do it. Make your picks and have some fun. Absolutely. That's what this is all about. Fun. This is a game we talk about and we're passionate about it, but let's all have fun this weekend. Let's all have a good time. Let's yeah. not do anything dangerous. Yeah. But tear down tear down the goalposts. Except tear down the goalposts, of course. Tear down the goalposts. All right, Joe. So we've gone through the sports portion of the podcast. And let me, I, I know we're both watching Ahsoka, you know. I am behind. How far are you? Are you, you, so you I, I have not watched episode. this week's episode. Okay. So I'm going to do this. I've heard positive news out of the, like, the the writer's strike and the, the producers the, or the studios that they're expecting to maybe have an agreement tomorrow. Wow. So I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to take this opportunity to. Let's talk a little bit about Ahsoka so far. I won't spoil what what you haven't seen, but what are your overall thoughts about the season or series up through, what, you've seen five? Up through five? Yeah, it's better okay. than Obi-Wan, not as good as Andor, but that's not an no. indictment on the show for not being as good as Andor. I think it is more Star Wars than Andor is. Yeah. Absolutely. It's this is like full on good Star Wars. Like Andor doesn't have the the wackiness and diverse cast of like aliens where you yeah. feel like you're in a, a a vast galaxy. I don't know if there there is there weren't very many aliens in Andor. No, not at all. Those those things those like, like yeah, fishermen, with the exception of like yeah, a handful. Yeah. But like or droids for that matter, really. Um, that you see, like in like one of the recurring. And, th- and that, to be honest with you, that's probably by design because the Empire was not very nice to like non-human races. If you read, at least in the yeah. extended universe books, they weren't. Which I think that's what they do. I think, or or in the like, I guess with the, the legends stuff. I think when they when they come up with new stories, it's like they go back and they look at legends, like. What's here that we haven't really touched upon? And then they kind of bring it into the can't Star Wars can. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I think it's very much Star Wars. It's this is very much Filoni Star Wars. And I think you posted a good like Reddit. I think it was a Reddit post uh, today in a in our group message with with Peter about it. Kind of you see the lens of the, the of the filmmaker through their Star Wars, how they make their Star Wars, and what they they focus on, right? And yes. I think you very much, you're very much, or this, this post is very much spot on about how Filoni, what his influences and the lens he's looking through when he looks at Star Wars. So it's, it's very, go ahead and do you have it pulled up? Oh, that, let me find that tweet. Hold on. Hold I, on. I, could, I can get it. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it was also a bit of a critique on the sequels, but yeah, essentially what it said was, um, yeah. Star Wars works best when it is used as a lens by filmmakers and storytellers to reinterpret their favorite things. For George Lucas, it was Kurosawa films, Hot Rods, World War II aerial dogfights, Shakespearean tragedy, and Flash Gordon. For Dave Filoni, it's Wolves, Lord of the Rings, Lone Wolf and Cub, Arthurian legend, and various world mythologies. 
This is why the sequel trilogy didn't work. It forced the idea of Star Wars through the Star Wars lens. It became an Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail. And while I'm I'm probably in the minority of Star Wars fans, maybe I'm not, but it feels like I am. We're like, there's some of the sequel films, you know, I like. You know, we disagree on some films in, in the sequel trilogy. You know, but this is very spot on as far as like, I think they're absolutely right. They were making the sequel films to reflect Star Wars instead of reflecting other uh, media, other filmmakers, other genres. And that's when I think Star Wars is at its best is whenever you have Andor, which is, you know, an espionage thriller through Star Wars or Mandalorian is like a Western esque type of show in Star Wars. And so like this is just Ahsoka has been just full on Dave Filoni Star Wars. And as a fan of Rebels and Clone Wars who watch those shows and enjoy those shows, you know, I love it. It's it's great. It's it's so good. Um I, I'm excited to see what happens in the next episode. I've seen like a couple of little spoilers here and there on Reddit, but nothing too big. Um, all I know is episode five was one of the coolest episodes that I've seen in a long time. I won't spoil anything. We'll do, we'll do like a big Ahsoka. I think synopsis. Probably we'll probably bring Peter on whenever the show ends, um, and we'll just do like a you know Ahsoka extra- extravaganza episode so we can let people catch up. But yeah, overall, dude, it is it has been. I didn't have the highest expectations for this show for some reason. I don't know why in my head I didn't. Um, Probably because of Boba Fett and um, Obi-Wan. Those are the two yeah. most recent. I, I, mean, I, thought, yeah, I thought it would be kind of similar to that. And as much as I did like the last season of The Mandalorian and how much I've liked The Mandalorian overall, like it didn't hit the same as, say, Andor did. This yeah. has been a very nice medium between the two where, again, it's not – it's not it's not supposed to be Andor and Andor is a very different show. But like when it came to just pure TV, I loved Andor. Um, this oh, sure. is as a Star Wars property. And as you mentioned, as a Dave Filoni property, um, which is basically the Star Wars that exists outside of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, it's it scratches an itch and it's it's so good. And I I find myself really, really excited to see what happens next week after week. Um, I'm kind of happy, you know, it's a Wednesday night right now and the, and you know, the episode came out yesterday. I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of happy about it. Cause I've been watching it almost like religiously the moment it comes out or the moment, like my son goes down on Tuesday nights, it's like the first thing I'll do, but then I have like a full seven days before I can watch it again. And so now that I've waited, I might not watch it until like tomorrow or Friday. And that's even less time before I have to wait until the next one. Yeah, I think. I did that for the, the episode five. Like you actually texted me and said, hey, have you watched it? And I was like, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. And you got to do it like right now. Go ahead, stop what you're doing and watch it. And this, and that was, a, that was a great call. This episode is very, you watched all the Rebels, right? Yes. But it's very like Rebels heavy. Yeah, I've seen the picture. So like, okay, I know who's coming. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like that's the light spoiler I got. Like yeah. I saw on Reddit, somebody was like, "Oh my god!" And I was so, like, "Okay, so there." So there. I will say this: like he's so good, the actor. <laughs> it's the same actor. voice actor, right? Yeah, same voice actor. Yeah. So when he when he speaks, you're like, "This is this is him." It's him. Yeah. So Lars is he in it? Okay, so just give me this. This is the one question I'll ask. Okay. Is is he in it a significant amount, or is it just like you, you get you finally get him for the first time? I would say a, a good amount. He's in it okay. a good amount. I, I was to say the same thing. He's like, are we just going to be like cliffhanger, and he'll be like the last scene, and it'll be like, right. That's what I was thinking too. Was like maybe no, it'd be like no, he's, he's in it for the last thirty seconds. No, he, he's in it a, a a good amount. Yeah, gotcha. And then also he's also in it, right? He is also in it. Okay. Like you can tell by like the change in the tone of my voice. So I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's not in it as much as him. I'm a really, we're going to really confuse people. 
but uh, a decent, a decent, some decent scenes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot we're not just having a conversation between each other. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the no spoilers uh, for Ahsoka. Um, so he and any, him are, are two characters yeah. from Rebels. We they do we are using pronouns when we're yeah. talking about. So um, <laughs> anything else you're watching or have been watching or? Oh man, is there anything else I've been watching? Um, okay, if you really want to know, I've been kind of going to bed early the last couple of nights. But I've been falling asleep to basically the nerdiest thing that you can do. And it's me on YouTube watching a guy do a Let's Play of Baldur's Gate 3. That's It's otherworldly right. nerdy. You're right. That is otherworldly nerdy. nerdy. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> but so like I mentioned earlier, like I've been watching season two of Winning Time about like the, the Lakers. Oh, that, that got was, canceled. Did you hear that? I was, I was doing a super three. disappointed. So I watched the season Nobody watched now. it. So, well, and I, I was listening to, uh, I think a podcast we both, we both listened to is like oysters, not oysters, but anyway, <laughs> I forget what the name of it is now. I'm blanking on it. Um, anyway, forget it. Oysters, clams, and cockles. Oyster, yeah, oysters, clams, and cockles. That's, um, um, oh, now I'm blanking on the guy's name. Ross, Ross Bolin. Bolin, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Ross Bolin's podcast. So we listened to this podcast, um, and they were talking about this, and and they're absolutely correct. It's like they completely mismanaged this show when they released season two. That you're going to release it, like they were talking about. It's a show about basketball. The f- first season was released in March, right on the heels of like March Madness, right? Or right, right whenever basketball's on everyone's mind. March Madness started. They're going to release it. Everyone's thinking about basketball. They released season two in August, right before football season. So where the majority of the season is in, in when the beginning of football season, no one's really in a basketball frame of mind, or a majority of the audience isn't. They were like, you sh- they should have released this like right after the NBA finals, or right during the NBA finals, to where like June, July. That's when when people are like in really into basketball. And I'm really concerned about HBO or Max, I guess I should say, and their whole art programming and their philosophy. Because it used to be like HBO does prestige television and it's all about the art and they really don't care about numbers per se. So it's it's concerning with some other shows that I are on Max that that I like to watch. Yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting era that we're moving into. Um and what's weird for like winning time, like did you read the story that they had I think it was like in Vulture or something, one of those magazines, where they basically said that like they knew that the show was gonna get canceled, or like they had been like HBO basically told them like, Hey, you're probably not gonna get renewed just based off of what we're seeing right now. So they filmed an extra ending. Just in case, and that's the ending that they're going to use. I didn't. I didn't really like it. Like I watched the last. I watched the season finale last night from Sunday, and I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. It's not spoiling anything. You know how it all happens. Yeah, and I know what the extra ending. It's just Jerry Buss and his daughter walking out, and him being like, "Oh, you're going to own the team someday." And then they run through the highlights of what happens throughout the years. What, What I didn't like about it is. They they build up this Celtics boss uh, Celtics um, Lakers rivalry. They do they go through the whole like eighty I think it's the eighty three eighty four playoffs and mm-hmm. finals where you know the Celtics beat the Lakers, but then in histor historically the next year it's it's Lakers Celtics again and then the Lakers dominate but you don't see that at all they it's just like text on a screen the next year after after that ending you're talking about they just get like a text of like everyone who i mean you're absolutely right it's a like this is canceled show because it's like here's what happened to magic johnson like we don't know if you're watching winning (laughs) winning time you're fully aware of what happened to magic johnson and jerry west and kareem and all those guys so it kind of sucks because it could it was i think it was a good show I enjoyed it thoroughly, you know, both seasons. 
Um, but yeah, but it also is a victim of like the current situation with they couldn't do any promotion because of strikes. There's an actor strike going on. So you didn't have the actors going on the Today Show or late night shows because there really aren't late night shows. Plus all the guys that are that are depicted in the show hated it. Yeah, that's another problem is like you're taking you're creating fiction out of out of yeah real real life events. Yeah, I mean and some I mean there's facts sprinkled in there like but like they talk like Ross and them on um Oysters Climate Caucus, they talked about how like these people are still like part of the sports lexicon, right? Like Magic is, is still very present. He's an owner in multiple, I think, sports teams. Part yeah, at least he, part yeah, owner. He's, multiple he's teams. a partner in an ownership group that owns a lot of stuff. Yeah. So like, and you know, Kareem still writes, and you know, he's still an activist, and he's still out there. And it's like they could have done like they they bring up the fact like you could have made a really good show based around everything going around the team, like the back office type of stuff, kind of like. Ted Lasso kind of, you know, where you see a lot of the interaction between the owner and the coach and the, the, you know, like support staff and things like that. And there's, while there is like games or matches in Ted Lasso, it's not the central focus of, of Ted Lasso. Right. So you could have done something like that to where it's more of more about the personalities outside of the basketball team on that, in that franchise. But, but they didn't do that. And so sad to see it go, but it is what it is in this, this era of like streaming. That's another thing. They talk about like numbers. It's like, it, I can't believe you're taking like real time numbers, like of like ratings and stuff. Whenever someone may watch that six months from now, like a bunch of people may watch it six months from now. When basketball, yeah, is going but on. I think it's more of like you know they're check they're making sure stuff is like driving subscriptions, things like that. So well, I'm they sure they have like it. minimum. That's why metrics. I didn't understand it because it they can't promote the show because of an actor strike going on. Yeah, that's true. But John C. I, I'm Riley's also not thinking about like show. just like think about how many people were talking about Winning Time last year that were watching it. Like I saw it all over Twitter yeah, all the time. They, but they released it during a basketball season. Fair. Everyone's in basketball mode. You're releasing it this season two and like on August 6th, where there's no. I didn't sport. even know season two was coming out. It that, wasn't until you told me. Well, that's also, I mean, I think it's part of the like when they released it, it was in the middle of also striking. So there wasn't any promotion. There wasn't any like social media promotion. You didn't see like anything going on. And the only reason I knew, I logged into HBO Max and saw there and I was like, holy crap, season two of Winning Time's out. And so then I told you. But anyway, that's that's pretty much all I'm watching this uh, right now. I mean, you know, we kind of watch football, watch Ahsoka, but we got Loki season two on the uh, in the deck on deck October fifth that comes out. So, so I think Disney Plus will go straight from Ahsoka, Ahsoka on Tuesdays to Loki on Tuesdays at the same time. We also have um, Baylor Plus dropping tomorrow or when this yes. episode comes out today. Yeah, so this episode will come out on Thursday, uh, September 21st, and that is when Baylor Plus will go live, I guess. And so you're able to subscribe to it and whatever content they have to kick off. I don't know exactly what they got going. I know they have a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. I've seen some clips on um, on Twitter from the – I think the Baylor Athletics account. So, so yeah, are you going to be I a subscriber? Are you subscribing tomorrow? I will. I will indeed. I'll support my school. I'll see what this is all about. I'll watch some classic games. I'll see what's on there. Now, I'll see if we have, see how much of the 2010 to 2015 we got going on on there. If at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's on there. 
I'm I'm excited to see. So yeah, um, I mean, I'm more excited than for like the behind the scenes stuff. I would like to see some like, you know, get some insight into like what goes on, especially in the football program, because Aranda does this thing where like none of the coordinators talk to the media during season, right? Only during the off season. So that'd be interesting to see, like, what's the dynamic there. So, but Joe, that's all I got. It's uh, late. It is late. It's almost the 21st right now. So, uh, where can people find you if they want to see some of your work or tweet at you angrily? You can angrily tweet at me. Tweet away. It won't bother me. I'll just ignore you. Um, at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman on Twitter. And you can also find me on rdailybears.com. Um, I do most of our instant recaps after the games. And uh, you can also see me answering mailbag questions and some other stuff. Um, and like I said earlier, go in there and check out the article that Cody Orr put out about the 113 years of Baylor versus Texas. It's really, really awesome. Um, and a lot of the other work that's going on there. Plus, join the Our Daily Bears Discord. Go to the at Our Daily, our, at our Daily Bears on Twitter. And I think Mark's got the uh, the Discord link up there in his bio. So go check that out. Matt, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter until they start charging me at Matt underscore Workman. Um, podcast is at the Bear Den Pod. And go ahead and you can check out thebearedinpod.com. We have episodes up there and some uh some written content as well if you have any questions concerns or uh, just want to yell at us an email format you can reach us at uh hosts at the Woohoo! that's our email feel free it goes to my phone yeah i get that on my phone as well so you can if you want to cuss me out for my thoughts about star wars or winning time or hbo you can just go ahead and send me an email there yeah, just yell at us. There's lots of ways that you can yell at us. For sure. Well, all right, Joe. Until next time. As always, man. Sick and bears. Sick and bears. Hex Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>